Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today exclusive members podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 8th of November. And as usual, with all the information contained in this podcast, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well, here we are coming up to uh, quarter past 11 and the market doing pretty well, pushing back up towards that 7,000 level, 69.95.2, up 18.1 points or 0.26%, which is a pretty good result given that the three market heavyweights in the iron ore space are having some big, big losses today. BHP down 2.6%, Fortescue down one5 and Rio also coming off its highs uh, down nearly at 3% there, uh, 3.1% now. So uh, iron ore stocks very much under pressure. We have seen resources generally under pressure, the iron ore price coming off. But as always, it is the banking sector which is doing the heavy lifting at the moment. CBA up 08 Westpac bouncing back from yesterday's fall up 1.8%. Macquarie even managing a 0.4% gain today. So uh, that is the state of play. Uh, We are digesting the RBA move yesterday. Of course, they raised rates by 25 basis points. Uh, Certainly, I wrote a little bit about that today in the strategy piece. It certainly doesn't really seem to matter as far as the market is concerned. Uh, Generally, uh, it is towards the end of the cycle. More interesting, of course, is what the bond market does rather than what the RBA does because the banks will be pricing their products off the real world rather than the RBA world. Currently, we have 10-year yields uh, at the moment here, 4.58. So they have really, really fallen quite hard in the last little while, uh, down again today. So we have seen those yields uh, dropping two-year yields back to 4.21%. So uh, that is good news for the market. That is why we continue to rally higher, even if it's not spectacular we are certainly doing a good job today, especially given the headwinds that we're seeing in the resource space and the oil and gas space. We did see the oil price down around 4% last night on concerns about global growth, probably a little misplaced, but um, nonetheless, uh, that is the way of things. Woodside down a percent, Santos down 0.9 of a percent. So that is um, hurting resources as well. Gold also eased and gold miners generally eased, but it's industrials and healthcare And of course, those banks that are doing well, CSL up half a percent, they have been threatening uh, a little bit more of that. Uh, We did see a bit of a rise yesterday, but that was all given back at the close. ResMed down half a percent, but they are ex-dividend today, uh, 48 US cents. So that is partly to blame for the ResMed fall. The rest of the market is looking pretty good, tech space especially, uh, 2.9% higher for WiseTech. I wrote that one up this morning in the newsletter as uh, one that is well and truly on my shopping list. Zero, up 2.4%. Both of those stocks, I did do a takedown, I guess, the Henry's takedown, uh, some time ago, suggesting that it would be a good time to take profits. Uh, WiseTech collapsed uh, just after I wrote that, and uh, zero, uh, a similar uh, feeling for them. Not so much of a collapse, but more a drifting back, I guess, but both uh, drifting higher now, on the back of the US markets. NASDAQ doing very, very well at the moment, stringing, what, seven or eight days of positivity 
together. So that really helping. And of course, those 10-year bond rates really helping the tech sector as well. So um, both doing pretty well today. Telstra getting a free kick today from uh, the Optus outage. I'm an Optus uh, user. I still have SOS only, which is not a good sign. But Telstra up 1.9%. So as we saw with the Vodafone and how that really helped the other carriers in the mobile space, maybe the Optus, instead of saying yes, saying no, is going to help the likes of Telstra. They're at 1.9% today. Interest rate sensitive stocks doing well as well. Qantas up 1.3%. A little bit of discretionary spending there in your airfares. And Transurban up 1.5%. But it is a tale of two cities. The best of times, the worst of times, the worst of times for those resource stocks. And the best of times continue for the banking machine that just keeps on rolling along. In other news out today, we have seen uh, the AGM comments from Domain Group. Uh, We hold Domain in our um, portfolio at the moment. Stock's down 4.5% on those comments. Nothing particularly drastic in terms of the comments coming out of Domain, but uh, clearly the market a little bit um, underwhelmed with what was said there. Also got the Magellan AGM kicking off. So that's going to be interesting. Andrew Formica now the chairman. um, And um, he's walking once again back from the uh, previous CEO and the plan to restore assets under management to $100 I have to say, that is a big stretch from where they are now. Big, big stretch. The only way they could do that would be a takeover. And I don't think that's on the cards at all. Also today, we have had results out from James Hardy, the stock up 13.3% 13.3% going like an absolute train, uh, which is good news, I guess. Uh, it was one of my stocks for last year's Santa's stocking uh, when it was uh, languishing uh, below uh, 30 bucks. Uh, as, um, yeah, they were about $28. Uh, I did a thing for Osbiz as one of my stocks for 2023. Uh, hopefully some of you will have uh, watched that, listened to that, maybe even have a shareholding in it. But now back up to $46.70. So it's been a staggering uh, result for James Hardy. And uh, certainly it uh, flies in the face of a U.S. housing slowdown, which does look as if James Hardy have handled it relatively well, to say the least. Certainly the stock price has handled it pretty well. 2% increase in net income to 178.9 million US dollars in the second quarter. Global net sales of nearly a billion US. So those were some good numbers there for um, for James Hardy. Other news today, just out and about, the uh, IFM, which is a, uh, a fund manager, has been creeping up the register of Atlas Arterial, used to be known as Bad MIG. Of course, it does own a bunch of toll roads around the world, not least of which is the big one in France, the APRR, uh, the uh, IFM, bought another $169 million worth with um, the 2% more bought, $5.82. Uh, they have around 24% now. Uh, they do have provisions under the Creep Act. No, that's not a song by Radiohead, but um, maybe more um, the Hollies. But uh, they do have provisions under the creep to buy up to 3% every six months. So it looks as if they've uh, certainly used that provision there. And the stock is currently up around 2.1% today. 
As far as uh, stuff goes in the uh, Marcus Today newsletter today, just talking about uh, the RBA and how really and truly the RBA is merely a serving suggestion. At the end of the day, uh, the banks control what price they lend you money at, and they certainly are more controlling in that respect and more, um, I guess, looking at your creditworthiness and your your position in terms of uh, ranking there and whether you're a better bet or not such a good bet and will adjust the rate accordingly. But certainly the RBA is the serving suggestion. But as we see on the tins, it never looks anything like what it shows under that picture. I have a friend who actually does the pictures for serving suggestions, and uh, he has a a long and very illustrious career taking pictures for food packaging. But uh, certainly it is more the banks that decide, and it is certainly more off the back of the bond curve Uh, where we see that pricing going. So although the RBA is important, uh, there were years, and it was some time ago, I guess, when the RBA really was uh, the major factor, and uh, banks would move very quickly to put up rates by whatever. Uh, They usually were quite slow in putting up deposit rates, so that gave the banks a bit of a free kick. But um, certainly nowadays, uh, the banks are a little more sophisticated in their pricing of loans. So that in the uh, Marcus Today strategy piece I wrote today. Also looking at WiseTech, as I said earlier, as one that I kind of fancy. It's been under a lot of pressure. They have got an AGM coming up towards the end of this month. It's up 3% today. Certainly, you know, it is one of our biggest tech stocks. They have made some serious acquisitions uh, in the recent past. And uh, that has weighed a little bit. But looking at global logistics and how little there is in terms of penetration of digital uh, platforms for these sorts of uh, companies, it certainly means that there's still a massive opportunity out there. One of the, uh, the flies in the ointment, if you like, were the results the other day of Maersk, uh, which moves one in six containers around the world, were pretty horrible, to be honest. Uh, and, uh, of course doesn't really matter um, what price the containers are and how much they can charge as far as WiseTech go. It's just a question of how many containers, uh, as they don't um, suffer the same problems of uh, price deflation in containers costs around the world that Maersk do. So have a little look at that if you're interested in WiseTech. The other one that I'm looking at again this morning is, I guess, CSL, as everybody in the world always loves CSL. It's almost un-Australian or blasphemous to uh, to go against the CSL. But having said that, even though most brokers, most analysts have price guides, let's call them guides for now, shall we? Uh, price guides above 300 bucks. The stock is still languishing at $2.50. It is about 8 or 9% off its low around 230 bucks. Did I say $2.50? That's a bit silly. Uh, $250. Uh, but it is, has bounced off around $230. Plenty of people, and I was watching one very um, good friend of mine on uh, Ausbiz yesterday talking about CSL and how he uh, you know, he really understood the business. Uh, and so it was a great buy. Now, I've got to say, given the range of uh, drug treatments, therapies for blood disorders, etc., and uh, new drugs in the pipeline, uh, I have no idea about CSL's business. The only idea I have is a very simplistic view, and I suspect most of the market has a very simplistic view of CSL. They buy blood from uh, US donors, 
stones is the right word, and they spin it into very complicated and great products, which is fantastic. Life-saving therapies. Of course, they've got flu vaccines and various other things, but it's not exactly an easy business to get your head around as the man in the street. That is the pricey version, but there's obviously a lot more to it. Of course, now they have the Vifor business as well, which changed the complexion of CSL. And I must admit, I was never a big fan of that business. They talk about company making acquisitions, and that was supposedly one of them. All it has is actually company destroyed to some extent in terms of the share price and the valuation, having gone from around 28300 to around 230 250 So it hasn't exactly played out as planned. Of course, part of that is to do with the Zempic and the kidney disease treatment effects that we have seen for these new drugs, the GLP-1 drugs, uh, which has been all the rage, and that has certainly played its part. But uh, for my money, if you're putting in to Santa today or in the next few weeks, your list, uh, certainly CSL, should be on that list. I must admit, I've never really liked the stock. I know it's un-Australian, but I haven't been a big fan over the years. But at these kind of levels... Um, I think it has been overdone. You have missed the easy money. The train has left the station, but it's not too late, I suspect, to get on that particular train. So that is something to bear in mind. Looking at my stuff today in the small cap space, not a lot, just a little bit of a commentary on origin. Uh, Mr. Churchill had something to say, which is probably uh, pretty uh, relevant to the good people at Australian Super. He asked a socialite, apparently, so the story goes, uh, Madam, would you sleep with me for £5 million? The socialite said, my goodness, well, I suppose I would. Churchill then followed that up with, would you sleep with me for £5? And the socialite said, what type of woman do you think I am? Churchill said, I think we've already established that. Now we are just haggling about the price. And I think the same applies to Australian super. Although they talk about uh, the future being part of the green and renewable energy revolution, they want to be part of it. They want to be in the room where it happens. They certainly wouldn't be averse if the price was right to selling out. So like the social light, I think we've already established that they are obviously a seller. It is just the price we're haggling about. Now, of course, at the moment we are coming down to a very crucial vote for that scheme of arrangement towards the end of the month. Uh, that takes place on November the 23rd. Doesn't look like there's too much hope, really, of uh, Brookfield and EIG getting through the uh, scheme of arrangement. There are Plan B and Plan C. One of those is a hostile takeover at a lower price, which would be interesting. Uh, so there are certainly some plans. They have worked on this for a year. So at the moment, uh, they certainly uh, ISS, which is a uh, proxy advisor for institutions, uh, has recommended the bid as well. The board has managed to uh, extract $9.53 out of Brookfield, which is pretty good going considering they were the only bidders, so bidding against themselves. And there is also a $0.39 cent special dividend with franking credits. So there's plenty to play for in this one. The other one interesting today uh, for me uh, is just looking at the iron ore stocks. Uh, they are falling quite heavily uh, today. Uh, we have seen some upgrades in uh, iron ore forecast pricing, which is usually a sign... So that's the end of the rally in iron ore. If you look at the iron ore price at the moment, coupled with the low Aussie dollar, you know we're not far away from 200 bucks Aussie a ton for iron ore. Bear in mind that when it was at the heady heights of over 200 dollars a ton for iron ore back in the day, the Aussie dollar was parity. So that has changed the 
uh, equation quite dramatically. So uh, the iron ore stocks under some pressure today uh, on the back of falls in Asia. Uh, we hold BHP in the BHP one stock strategy portfolio, which at the moment not being that fruitful with the stock down nearly 3%. Domain also hurting as well in that stock. But I have the conch, as they say. Uh, just uh, finally, uh, that is about it from me, actually. Not much else going on in the market today. We're up 14.8 points, coming up to 11.30. Superstars of the day are uh, James Hardy on those numbers. We've got Weebit Nano doing well today. Chip stocks generally doing quite well, 4.6% higher. Aussie Broadband also having a good run, 3.3% higher as well. Uh, as far as the losers go, well, uranium stocks continue to be a little loosey. Uh, deep yellow getting uh, slightly deeper yellow, uh, more into the deeper red, to be honest, down nearly 5%, which is good. Keeping an eye on that one for an entry there, maybe closer to a dollar than a dollar twenty, which was the previous support point. And uh, apart from that, uh, it'll be interesting to see what transpires out of the Magellan AGM. So uh, I suspect they'll be dodging flack uh, left, right and centre. And uh, the market's still relatively quiet, I guess, post-Melbourne Cup, post-RBA. But uh, certainly it is looking relatively firm, especially in that banking sector. Well, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great rest of the day. We'll be back again this afternoon with the end of day report.